Once upon a time, there were two badass women who thought mom brain was complete BS. Then they had babies, became besties, and decided to start a podcast to talk about how they were totally wrong. Welcome to Blame It on Mom Brain. Welcome back to Blame It on Mom Brain, everyone. This is Jodine. And this is Amanda. We have just wrapped up a couple of days that we spent together, and I can't tell you how refreshing it was for the soul, for the mind, as a mother, as a friend, all of the above. And today we're going to dive into that. I just had a mom brain moment and forgot what episode we recorded together. We got to record our last episode together, the scoop on poop, C-section, C-section recovery, say that five times fast. (laughs) And it was a real treat to be able to do together as we shared then. But we actually wanted to sort of do a little bit of a breath after that trip and have a mental download of what having Jodine come out here and us spend time together really meant? What did it really do and how did it impact us? Because motherhood can feel lonely. As you know, it's one of the biggest reasons we even started this podcast. You sort of wonder if the thoughts you have are really only yours. And of course, we know that that's not true and they aren't. But to be able to hang with another mom who has a a little one that's similar in age to yours is a really cool treat, a really good feeling. So I, you know, I'd love to know what were some of the things, because even you said, Jodine, at the time, you're like, I actually really want to take a little bit of of breath to see and feel what this did for me and what this, this sort of meant for me. Mm -hmm. How was your flight out here? And and what was your thought behind even wanting to fly from Vancouver to Montreal to visit Will and I? So actually before jumping on here to record this episode, I was thinking to myself, what are reasons why I continue to do these wild adventures? (laughs) I always put myself in uncomfortable situations. And I think the reason I do that is because I refuse to stop prioritizing myself. I absolutely refuse to do that. I do not let my baby dictate every single thing that I do. Yes, she dictates most things that I do and how I do them, but I still do so many things for me. And I decided I want to go visit Amanda because (laughs) we tried to do this in the spring and unfortunately it didn't work out the way we wanted to. Um, Will got sick and our, our plan just didn't go as planned. So I was like, hey, if I can find a cheap deal on flights, let's go. So I looked online. I told Amanda, hey, can I come visit? And originally it was going to be me and Creed. And then she, and then she's like, well, Will, Will kind of wants to know if Neil will come too. <laughs> so I was like, he okay, did. I'll ask. <laughs> yeah. I'll ask. And I'm so glad he did because it did make the traveling so much easier because this has now been my ninth flight traveling with Creed. And we are going to do an episode on traveling with a baby soon. And just a side note, if you have any questions, please send us specific questions in our DMs about what you want to hear about so we can plan for that and fill out all the questions you have. Like specific questions around traveling with a baby, because I also have travels coming up. I've done one flight. I don't have a candle to her nine, but there's definitely things that we want to be able to Um, cover on that particular episode, as well as do you have tips? Do you have anything that has worked for you in traveling with an infant? So yeah, that's a great point, Jodine. So I will say that it was much more difficult this time. Like the last time I traveled with her, she was six months old. This time she was 11 months old. But again, I knew that it was going to be difficult. Like 
obviously it's not easy. It's going to be difficult, but I refuse to stop prioritizing my needs. So off we go to Montreal to visit Amanda, Will, and Romeo. And when we got there, I think that one of the biggest struggles right off the bat is dealing with two babies the same age with two naps a day on a three-hour time change. So Mm. that was really tricky. Um, But it wasn't as bad as... Honestly, I found that Creed really acclimated to Romeo's times that he goes for naps way quicker than I, like by day two, she was already like, well, if he's going and she, (laughs) and she, she was off for a nap for herself. So I actually thought that that was going to go way harder. And in fact, it was really okay. And, you know, I, I think that this is a really heavy note for the entire episode. It's, you know, we're talking about a reunion in Montreal, but in reality, it's, we care to continue to prioritize our needs, our hobbies, our mindsets, not even, you know, because we are in protest of what is, but because we understand the value that we add to our babies and our partners and our families when we do that shit versus when we don't. It's so telling. Oh my God. It's, 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 I find it as evident as sleep deprivation. You can fucking smell it a mile away when a mom has been putting herself so far down last on that list that she doesn't even remember she's right at the top. It's like, she's forgotten that she is the weather of their whole world. And has just become this this forgotten being when she is the being. She's it. She's the whole thing. She's the reason there is another being. So it's like, oh my goodness, I, I really feel like this is going to be heavy on that topic. But okay, let's dive a little bit more into it, specifically about our our trip and, and kind of how that felt. What was a, a way that, you know, you were able to say, this is for me, I'm excited to go see a friend? Like, what did having a friend that you were going to visit mean to you? I think friendship is very, very valuable, and we often put that on the back burner as well. Mm, Our own need yeah, yeah. and friendship just—it's like when you and your best friend are always together, and then one of you gets a boyfriend, and then all of a sudden you're no longer the priority. Their new boyfriend <laughs> is right. Like our new boyfriends in quotations are our babies. Yeah, so it is so easy. <laughs> so to just abandon everything when you have a baby, and I was thinking too, like. Creed loves being with other babies. I bring her places every single day so she can interact with other kids. And what is better than going and staying for five days with your baby, with another baby the same age where they can constantly interact? So that was another reason why I wanted to do this trip. And it happened exactly like I wanted. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Loved each other. I know. My goodness. If you don't know this already, Romeo and Creed first met when they were four weeks old. So they really have been BFFs for quite a while. He, <laughs> Romeo loves Creed so much. He's it's so I, cute, like, his little face. Like, he... It is. And I and while I don't share my, my mini muffin on social media, and that's a whole other topic, by the way, we can't wait to talk about that one on an upcoming episode and sharing little ones on social. But um, I, I have chosen not to, but the photos that I shared of them together, I kid you not, and everyone, he's looking at her with hearts in his actual <laughs> eyes. He looks at her like she's the most beautiful being he's ever seen. He wants to like 
hold her face. He tries to pet her. He tries to hold her hand. And it's absolutely to die for. And then I got them like matching pajamas so that they could twin with each other and matching sweaters. Like it's possibly the cutest part of, of motherhood so far, I think. And all of those things show why we did this trip. Like just mm. getting to see your babies who are now little versions of you hang out with the people that you also really like is very, very rewarding, right? So oh, yeah. you're like, oh, look, it's our mini us hanging out with Will and Amanda's mini them. Like, of course <laughs> they get along well because we get along well, which is so I cool. <laughs> when you say like j- taking the time to to prioritize your friend, it's kind of like having that boyfriend that you, that kind of became the wedge in the middle of a really good friendship. Like, would you say that there's something that helps you stay more connected to new moms? Because you go out every day, right? So like, do you find it's like the easiest icebreaker is the fact that as parents we have little ones and we're like oh hold your kid or mine just ate a rock like what is your eating <laughs> like you know all, all that kind of thing you instantly have a bond with random strangers that you don't even know because you're like oh how old are they oh 11 months oh are they on two naps like instantly you have so much conversation like as soon as you say hello i have a baby you're like oh blah, 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 blah. i just randomly told my yeah. birth story to another mom that was at a community center the other day like i've never <laughs> met her before and i haven't seen her since but she knows my birth story now because she was talking about her birth story and i was like cool this is safe space i'll talk about this so it's so great and Amazing. it's so easy easy in the sense that when you go visit someone else with a baby, they already know the expectations. So if you weren't to visit your friend yes. without a baby, yep. they unless you know them really well and they're a very understanding person, they might not understand like, hey, going out today is going to be quite challenging. And tomorrow, probably still yeah. challenging. Yeah. And we can't eat supper past 5.30 p.m. out of the house. <laughs> no. And like, oh, Amanda has to go to bed at 9.30. Like, mm. yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> because Amanda's the one on the Montreal time zone where Neil and I were on uh, Vancouver time zone. So let's just go through what our, an example of our day was like with two babies on two different time zones. One benefit that worked for us is Creed usually gets up earlier, even here in Vancouver, and Romeo gets up a yep. little bit later. So that worked out. So the time zone ended up only being like an hour and a half to two hours. Yeah. And again, even at that, I found it really adjusted and, and settled in pretty, pretty quickly between the two of them. And I mean, a typical morning looked really which which I loved so much. It looked so similar to each other's. Like, I mean, the first thing is that they're up. Babies are getting milk. Babies are getting breakfast with all of us kind of preparing breakfast as well, all at the same time. Um, it's so wonderful that they love food. Our babies are, are big foodies. Eggs, yogurt, berries, fruit, all sorts. Like they were just easy to just shove together in their little high chairs and eat. And that was so great. A little bit of playtime after that. And then it was, you know, a nap time for someone. But the other one, was never hot off their heels you know like it was just always a couple minutes later and that allowed us to get in like showers and and uh prepping for the day and actually deciding what do we want to do today and so there was one day in particular where we had an outing to a nearby park here and it was lovely there's like little animals that you can see there's a playground area for babies to play in it's a beautiful like woodsy big old trees vibe with a lake right in the center it's really really sweet and we decided we would head out over there not only was the weather amazing, but our littles got to play inside that little play, like the playground and they just loved every second of it. But it was 
a challenge. There were challenges in there. Like Jodine was saying, you have expectations for knowing that it's going to be hard at some moments. And one thing that was a challenge was the drive. I find that Romeo has become really intolerant to long drives, like over 25 minutes. I know I'm going to have some screaming probably by the last eight minutes. He'll he'll very politely tell me until the, like, the last 10 minute mark comes and then the screaming will begin. And so you know, I thought that that was a real challenge in the way of getting to and from places with little ones since I have such a small car and our partners ended up taking an Uber so because we couldn't all fit in one car. So Jodine and I were just driving together with two car seats in the back. Um, Jodine found a trick that worked for her. I'll let her share so that Creed can be more tolerable on longer drives or really any drive. It sounds like it's been helpful so far. Um, and, you know, we did things differently, but it still managed to work. Like we still managed to be like, okay, we're almost home. Everything's going to be fine. Throw a snack in the back. Do what we have to to make this like uh, a ride that we're able to get through. And it just becomes, you know, a part of your day that you blow past after it. And I think one thing that helped me a lot was that particular day we chose to go out. And Jodine and I were saying, you know, when when should we do this? You know, we should go out all for supper together or maybe the boys can go out for supper and they can have a little alone time. And I had a little moment because it was a bit of a stressful car ride. And I was like, why why do they get the moment? They already get to go to work. They already get to do you know, and I say get to, but I mean certain family dynamics are different, of course, but in our circumstances, um, you know, Jodine and I are with our littles more often than we are now than we are not. And um, I was like, I would love for us, for you and I to take time alone, for us to go out for supper, just the moms and let the guys kind of handle supper, bath and bedtime and let them take care of that. And I found that your solution was brilliant. Jodine said, why don't we do both? Why don't you and I go out for supper while, you know, uh, Neil and Will do supper, bath, bedtime, and then we'll switch. Once the kids are asleep, they're already in bed. We'll come home from a restaurant. They'll take the car and they'll drive themselves out because you and I want to go to bed early anyway. So that way we'll have gotten like the earlier, you know, I think it was something like, it's like seven to eight 45 that we had supper, something to that effect, or, or maybe six, mm-hmm. six 30. And then by mm-hmm. the time we got home, it was nine, nine 15. And the boys went out for supper and they loved being awake. They loved going out for drinks and having a beer or two. And they were out till like 1130. So, you know, I was long gone. I was already asleep by the time these people got home and it was the timing worked perfectly and it took compromise and it took up looking at our schedule and seeing what works for us and what makes sense because this is a short trip and we want to maximize our time and we want what we want. Like you said, we want to prioritize not constantly having our babies at our hip and, and we want to go out for supper to do that. So that that's sort of what the rundown was, you know, like there'd be a wake up, breakfast, morning nap, an afternoon excursion or activity of some kind, or at least that the babies would entertain. Even if it was only, even if it was only to the yes. park where that was like right down the street for Exactly. 10 like we're like, talking about, that could have been the Yeah, hundred percent. Like that's just one day, but for, you know, one day we didn't even leave. One day we just stayed home and yeah. we cooked and ate and the babies literally just played with the toys I have in my living room. Like we didn't go anywhere. Yeah. So it, it really is it doesn't have to be elaborate. That particular day ended up being an outing where we got into an actual car and left the place. But, um, you know, then it was a second nap at some point. Um, Both babies would take, you know, maybe a shorter nap. And then we had the evening and then it was supper, bath, bed. And we got to just talk, the four of us, and and hang out and have a drink or two and have some snacks and and things like that. And that, that quality time of just the four of us too, it really went a long way for me, I find. 
I think it's interesting too when you are I'm just visualizing us in the car ride like two moms with two babies in the back Romeo was not happy and so instantly that you know adds anxiety when you're the mom driving because you're like well this sucks because it doesn't matter what you do when your baby's pissed off in the backseat it sucks and then you get into the mindset of well, why can't we do something? It's always the dads that get to do something. But me as the other mom, which is interesting because I get it. I get everything Amanda says. Like everything makes sense to me, which is another benefit of having a mom friend. My mind wasn't clouded in that mm. moment by my child screaming in the back, just just by chance. <laughs> and so I, because I remember asking you a few times, like, well, because you, you told me what we need to go do something. And I would say, well, what do you want to do? <laughs> And you're like, I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm I don't even do. know. I just want to go do with you only, with you only, nobody else. Yeah. But what is it, right? Like, so finding out, like, what do you do? That, that is such a hard question sometimes. Like, it reminds me of that idea of us always having to make mm-hmm. choices constantly, um, especially as like the default parent. Like, Bro, it's decision fatigue. The choice. So. It's decision fatigue. So I found it kind of like funny in a way, like not funny, like ha ha ha, but like strange that like my simple idea was so basic. I thought you were a genius, but it just goes to show that what you're saying has merit because my kid was screaming in the back and I think he really did cry for the full 20 minutes for that particular, like I I don't think he really had a minute of not. And I felt frazzled. I felt overwhelmed. I felt tired. The boys took the Uber back. So they took an Uber to meet us at the park and they also took it back. And I remember just yelling. I was like, Jodine, why did they get to have the child-free car ride? Why didn't they drive with the children? Why were it? But here's a weird part. We didn't even ask. Like we were just like, oh, we're just going with our babies. And they're like, yeah. I was just thinking that like, well, we if they they would have. Exactly. If we said no, you guys yeah. do And this, I don't think the drive would have like, affected my partner nearly as much as it affected me. No, why? Why is that? Or Neil? They don't care. I don't know. That's a whole other. That's topic. another episode. I think we got to get them on. But <laughs> I have to interview Neil. And you, can <laughs> <do me> well. <laughs> um, you guys, we're working on it. Trust. Um, yeah, <laughs> but it's it's nice. Like when you have a friend to go visit, that can just be the person that sure. makes the damn decision for you, even if it's as simple as, "Hey, what if we go out first and they go out second? Electricity. Which is not- <laughs> was like because oh. <laughs> I remember you thinking saying like oh, what an like, amazing the best idea. idea I've ever heard are you serious absolutely get get your ass upstairs we are getting changed we're leaving these people and then we'll we'll swap oh my god and guys not only did we swap but we actually they actually went to the identical restaurant that we went to so the guys we literally <laughs> left our table we went to go give them a car or actually I dropped them off at the same exact restaurant and they went to go eat at the same place that we did so I I just think that that effort to to come up with the idea on your part, you were a little clearer. It really felt like teamwork to me, you being able to come up with that because in my head I was like, how are we going to do this? It was like I couldn't see past the angst and frustration in that moment of 
why why do I feel like it's always me? And and can I just give you like a little bit of like subtext here? It isn't. It isn't only always me. I have an incredible partner who cares a great deal about my happiness. Like forget the kid. Kid's fine. He cares immensely about my mental health, my emotional well-being. That's why I picked this man because he has emotional intelligence and for whatever he doesn't understand, he's willing to learn. So I, I don't want it to make it sound like he doesn't contribute. He isn't hands-on. He's the absolute champ. But what I am saying is that I am leading from the front most often than not. And he allows it because he sees how much it means to me. But we can't let ourselves wanting to be in control cloud us from realizing that surrendering the control is necessary sometimes. It doesn't matter who comes up with the idea. It doesn't matter how that person does it differently than you. You've just got to leave. You've just got to take your hands off the wheel and stop driving and let someone else make you the passenger instead. Does that make sense? It is really hard to do that, but it's so necessary and so important. And I remember when we were there, I decided to do Amanda's hair and makeup. You might have saw it on... um, our Instagram page just for fun. There was literally no reason. We ended up going out after, so it worked out well. But also Jodine has an entire education background in hair, makeup, the whole thing. So she knows what she's doing, weddings, <laughs> like all this stuff, by the way. I like I mean, I would have let her do it either way, but I just want you to know my hair looked freaking amazing for a reason. She has experience <laughs> behind a chair. <laughs> and it's for fun and it was fun. And yeah. it was again, I wanted to do something like, let's just do something for us for absolutely nothing to do with the babies. Like there's no reason why we need to do this, but it's fun. And like, you know, it makes you feel like, I don't know, like that's what I used to do with my high school friends. Yeah, same. I was right? the one doing the hair and makeup. So it was like, again, see, I say this and it was like I had to relinquish control. I'm like, you're going to, you're going to fill in my brows. I don't let anyone <laughs> fill in my eyebrows. <laughs> Only I ever fill in my eyebrows. Oh my God. And I love them. They came out great. <laughs> and I remember when we were doing that, because Amanda has stairs, a lot of stairs in their place. <laughs> I remember you saying, oh, I think Creed's at the stairs. I can hear Creed at the stairs. And this was another example of me trying to not have total control because I knew Neil was in charge of watching her while I was upstairs with Amanda. It's really hard to be in the house with your babies. And all I said was, I have to trust him. Yeah. And I think like three seconds after we heard Neil say like, okay, Creed, don't go up the stairs or whatever. But it's such an interesting thing because we are constantly on as moms, even even if we're upstairs and we can still hear them. They're downstairs making noise and we're like, what are they doing? What are they doing? But you have to learn to trust your partner or trust your babysitter or whoever is helping you with your kids because if you don't let go it's just not it's not good no there's a lot of a lot of buildup it's something that can erode it's corrosive it also piles and compounds and over time that can lead to resentment or the cold shoulder or let's just say like 16 year old behavior where you're like well I'm just going to be passive aggressive with you none of which are ever going to get you to the other side of what needs to be done, which is have a healthy conversation with your partner, but even with just yourself. Like Jodine had to have that little dialogue. And you you replied to me, but honestly, I kind of think you were even talking to you where you're like, I just have to trust him and he just has to do oh, his absolutely. thing. Yeah. yeah. And that I think that dad takeover was very important for us. Um, and they didn't only do it that night. There were many moments where Jodine and I didn't have little ones in our hands. And even Will noted to me um, a few days ago where he was like, I really felt like 
I was taking over for a lot of that, you know, while they were here. And I was like, yes, you did because I let you because I, I had to, because I, I wanted to just be with Jodine. I wanted to hang with her. And of course there were moments where we led from the front, but I, I really feel like, you know, they really helped us out and they supported that that meant a lot to you and I, and that I think is important too, is just supportive partners along the way. It was really cool as well for them to be able to be dads together yes. as much as like for us to be moms together. Yeah. That's a really cool thing as well about prioritizing friendship with another set of parents Yes, is the dads also benefit because dads often feel like, uh, like we're just guessing. We don't have that natural maternal instinct. So like this dad and this dad with the baby each, they get to you know, do their thing together. And that's super valuable to them and super bonding to them and yep. confidence building, I'd imagine. We'll have to ask them these questions. But. Yeah, I think all the, we should be taking notes right now just to make sure. <laughs> so what's it like hanging with other dads? But I do think that it's true. I, I've seen Will open up to men a lot more when they've had offspring of their own and they've been able to say like, so does it get any better? Yours are a bit older. You know, like we can ask like cheeky questions like that and and hopefully instill some hope or give tips or say like, you know, for example, um, over the weekend, I went to the Eco Museum here in, in Montreal with my family, and it was my brother-in-law who suggested it. And as we drove there, I told Will, I'm like, I've never been here before. He goes, what do you mean? You grew up here. He's like, I'm, I was like, I've just never been here. I've never gone to this place. And as we were wrapping up our time, it was a lot of fun. I got to be with my nieces and my sister and my mom and all that. And my sister and I looked at each other, we're like, we've both never been here before. But she told me we've come here many times, though, as an adult with my kids. And so I was like, that's so great. You know, like the ability to hang with other people who have children can give you things to do in the afternoon as ideas with your kid and and or you collaborate and you go together and you all get it. You know, like at some point, all all the babies, my baby, her, their two babies were starting to get a little bit antsy and a little bit hairy. So we called it. We're like, yeah, we're all done now. It's time to go home. There wasn't like, so want to go for lunch, want to come over? What about like there wasn't pushing the wake window like everybody understood. And I just found that that made it really easy for me. And I think that that makes it helpful for my partner to be able to have other dads to be like, you, you know, sit and t like talk a little bit about what's going on and how the family has been doing and stuff. It, it keeps them in a mindset that, that keeps them, you know, feeling acknowledged when sometimes they might keep it all to themselves, you know? I think it's very valuable in the sense that it makes you not feel so alone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think we've talked about that a lot on yeah. this show so far, that when you're a new parent, you can often feel very isolated. You can feel very, very alone. And that's why, like, when I go to these community centers that I go to and I just, I find a new mom, suddenly we click because we're both feeling that sense of aloneness in yeah. some in some way and we're like oh you also feel this you, you know, I feel the same thing let's yeah. talk about it even if we don't make a great friendship out of this for a moment we don't feel as alone and I think it's so so important to prioritize yourself your needs and friendships with other parents obviously your friendship with people that are not parents as well yeah of course that's important too but you will have a newfound appreciation and bond with anyone that is also a parent, especially of a child similar age to you. Well, can I just ask you a question then? Because this has come to my attention as well that you and I do a really good job of paying attention to what's going on in our minds. You are not an anxious person. So when you start to feel really anxious or really off kilter, you're like, something's up. Like, I've got to 
I got to work through this. I got to have the conversation. I got to change what I'm doing. I've got to slow down. Like that's sort of your, your thing. Um, for me, I'm really heavy on self-help and personal development and self-discovery books. And so I find I learn a lot about how I react or what feels off when I can identify with like with lessons or or exercises that I can do from these books and stuff. And I've noticed that because we work or so well within ourselves, we're so in tune with who we are, that when I am with other mothers who are maybe not supported, they don't have a community of other mothers necessarily, or even just one really good friend, or um, they feel overwhelmed, or they don't do what we are talking about in today's podcast, which is prioritizing something we don't want to change in our lives, and or we have to change, but want to adapt so that it still fits our lives. I've noticed that their headspaces can be really, really different. They're not mm. in tune with themselves. There are tons more negative. The dialogue around motherhood, even though we just bump into each other and talk for a few minutes, tends to be really heavy, very, very negative. It's very like you feel like there's no hope. There's no light. You feel for them. My God, do you ever, because you're, you know, that there's got to be something that they're not paying attention to within themselves that if they, if they would, it would help them find their way out of that. But have you noticed the same? Because I find that there are many conversations that I have where I'm really grateful for hours does that make sense? Like, I feel really grateful for the people in my life who are not just parents, but who are parents who give a damn about making this little one part of their life versus the other way around. And when I'm around the opposite end of this, I notice how it's it's just glaring to me, like I can spot it a mile away. Um, have you had any interactions like that where you were able to say like, oh man, my conversations with with Amanda or this other mother that I know, or even moms from our amazing hypno babies group, like they're definitely on a different space compared to maybe moms who are not taking that time for themselves. Can you notice the difference? I think it's that airplane safety advisory, yeah. put your own mask on before you <laughs> assist others, right? That's so important. Yes, I have. And I think I really notice it in really new moms. Like moms in the first, um, sorry, the fourth trimester or within the first 12 weeks of postpartum, those moms I really, really feel for. And I just want to like give a hug to because that is, that's a really, really hard, hard time to be in yeah. for anyone. And it does feel like there's no way out of it when you're in it. And it's really hard to give, I don't want to say advice unless they're asking me for advice, but I have had people ask me like, when did your baby start to sleep? And I don't even want to answer that question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like that's also like a hopeless question um, based off my experience. I, I live in Vancouver and I find I'm very good at picking up people's energy and I will gravitate towards places and people that I think align with me. Even if it's unintentional, I do it anyways. I don't even realize that I'm doing it. Like I said, I always go to these community centers and drop in places. There was one that I went to that I didn't like the vibe of. I didn't like, like, I don't want to say I didn't like the moms there. Like, that sounds really mean. But I knew that I didn't have a natural connection with them. They were just like, oh, I have to bring them here. Like, and I was like, okay, I don't really feel that way. Mm. Like, it's a different. And I could see that this was not going to go anywhere for me. So I was like, cool, I've tried this. I know now that this place is just not my place and now I continue to go back to this other place 
And I think it, it attracts people that are more similar minded to me. So yes, I have. I don't dive deep into those conversations with moms that I can feel pretty quickly are very different from me um, because it doesn't really benefit me in the long run. I know sometimes those people, when I talk to them, it's, you know, they're not listening to you anyways. No, they're not. They're, you don't even exist. No, but it's because also you have a really different headspace. Like, yes, those first 12 weeks are really hard, but you are also a different person navigating it, right? Even the best of us, even if you have a really good head on your shoulders mentally, your mental health is top shape. Those first 12 weeks, those those first four months, oh my God, like they're four or five months, they're really going to get you. They're, like they'll mm-hmm. challenge you a great deal. That's why it's imperative to have good support and to, good, and to have people who are not just constantly negative energy and negativity around you because you're already navigating an identity crisis, a change of self, a shift in relationship, a new person to keep alive, like all this stuff, right? But I, I love what you said about, you know, you'd know that it wouldn't go anywhere. It's because you you know who you are and you really value. I think it maybe boils down to values where you're like, I need to be surrounded by something uplifting, something educational, somebody who is um, looking at the bright side, finding the silver linings. Like that's just who you are. So it almost feels like if the energy is not that, then you could say, well, I'm happy to be here how you need it or or be here when you're ready, but you know, whatever, like you also need to take care of your, your headspace too, because you have a little one to, to look after and you've got to be in top shape there too. So I, I find it very interesting. Like I've just, I think I've just noticed complaining more. I've noticed mm. a lot of complaining and it's made me even weary of, of podcasts as well, where I want to make sure that this place is a space that you can come to, to feel connection, to feel hope, to feel informed, maybe given ideas, you given tips or tools that we share that you find helpful that we recommend or whatever but more than that I want you to feel like we're going to be fine like this is not easy and yes there's been a lot of planning for you to come to Montreal for you to decide to prioritize yourself to figure out what community centers you like but I want to do it with like a we can handle this like it's it's not always going to be easy and that's why we lean heavy on our people our trusted few like we make sure that we protect our boundaries all of that but that we can do it. And I think the reason why we actively choose the people that we want to spend our time with is the reason why we went to Montreal in the first place Sure, is because, (laughs) make me cry. (laughs) Cry, please. (laughs) She's like, are there tears yet? Are there tears? I'm trying to be sweet. (laughs) What else do I have to say to make you cry? (laughs) Get friends who want to make you cry. Get friends. That's how I am with my mom. I'm like, mom, did that card make you cry? (laughs) (laughs) Must have been a good one. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So if you find a friend that you really, really connect with, make the effort. I think that's something I've struggled with in general Mm. as an adult that has moved across the country, didn't know anybody. Yeah. Why don't I have very many friends? What did I do to make friends? Sure. You know, so what a hard question. Like what a a mirror moment, eh? It really is. And I think motherhood, parenthood forces you to make the friends because you yeah. need it. Before yeah. you're like, Meh, do I really need to make the friends? I can survive on my own. It's fine. Yeah. But then when you're in motherhood, you're like, someone talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> someone someone other than telling you the color red and blue <laughs> and orange. And, and my partner. Yeah, my and- partner. Yeah. And see, that's the thing too, man. I The, the reason you must 
prioritize friendships, whether they have offspring or not, is because so heavily in this day and age where our closest, our nearest and dearest person is one person and it is your partner, that is far too much expectation, emotional load, and unfair tasks to live up to for one freaking person. One person cannot shoulder your every thought, your every complaint, your every whim, your every wish. Like it's just too much. Like think about it. Would you want all that on you? And of course not. So it's imperative that you make the uh, the grown-ass adult decision to say, I'm going to look in the mirror and ask myself, have I nurtured my friends today? Have I checked in with that person? Or am I being spiteful and saying, well, they didn't text me back, so I'm not going to... Okay. If that's how you feel, then you have two options. One, you end this friendship because growing pains and breakups with friends is completely normal and healthy. Or two, you realize that it's probably dialogue going on in your head that is not actually there. And you reach out and you realize that they probably had mom brain, blame it on mom brain going on too. And they might've forgotten to reach out or um, everybody has life going on and you choose compassion and understanding and grace. And you say, you know what, I'm going to do this for me. I will reach out and I will see how they're doing. And what have I done to foster and nurture my relationships? And Will and I have said it a thousand times. We couldn't thank these two enough for coming out here. It meant so much to us that they would try again when their first attempt at a hangs with us in this city did not work out last summer and they chose to try it this fall and it was a hit. So I I think it's it's not only worth your time for building your community because we used to be surrounded by so many more people in the upbringings of our children. We used to have aunts and grandmothers and friends and neighbors and teachers. In fact, all of them ended up being teachers. And now we rely so heavily on just a spouse that we feel like our needs are unmet or like we don't get our, something is missing is the only way that I can express it. And when I went out for supper with you on my own and we just did things by ourselves, like we even went to the grocery store alone and it was like, I went to fucking Disneyland. I was so happy. Like all we did were buy like garbage bags and cookies. And I was so happy just to have that quality time with you, Jodine. We don't live in the same city anymore. So it's important for me to continue to foster those relationships and have girls weekends with my friends and talk with my spouse and say, the way that you can support me is for me to actually not be near you. I need to leave the house for a a night, just the evening, a weekend away with the girls, whatever. So lean into that community as much as you need, create those friendships and ask yourself how you're prioritizing them in your life. Because at the end of the day, if you want your little one to be part of your life, then you have to ask yourself, what are my priorities in the first place that my little one partakes in as I continue to prioritize them? Yeah, right? absolutely. And if you're someone listening right now that's thinking, I don't have uh, Jodine or an Amanda, <laughs> go find one. Because mm-hmm. I go to these community centers, I meet so many moms, and what do I not do? I don't talk to them and ask them like, hey, what days do you come here? How mm-hmm. about I try to come here again on another day that you're here? What neighborhood do you live in? We probably have the same schedule. Yeah. You're probably doing the same shit every day. Mm. What do you want to go for a walk with me sometime? You have to do it. If you don't do it, you won't make friends. You, and that's it's, hard yeah. truth. It's so true. And I, I think what's important is I hope everyone just heard what, what you just said. It's that you asked the questions. You you led that that potential connection. And if it doesn't work out, that is fine. If you get there and you're like, mm, we actually don't have anything in common, move on, try it again. 
It's like dating, you know, making new friends is very similar to dating. You have to find connection. You have to find some, you have something in common already. That's huge. You have same schedule. You have the same babies. You know, you're already have a huge icebreaker, but you have to put in the effort. You have to prioritize your needs and you have to make things happen. Other people are not going to make these things happen for you. And I think we don't want to realize that as adults. Well, nobody wants to be my friend. Well, do something about it. Go make some friends. Find find a, an interest of yours. Again, talking about priorities. What, what do you prioritize? Is it is it music? Find find a baby and me music class. Is it that you prioritize movement and maybe you don't really like exercising from your house? Find like a, a little Zumba and me or mommy and me yoga. Or I've seen so many of these in the city around here that I I've realized that those are things that could be a great way to connect with other moms. Uh, I've seen even like running groups, like mom running groups in the neighborhood. Okay, maybe physically being physically active isn't your jam and you do what Jodine d- does every day. She goes to either the mall, she goes to a community center. Um, you could do swimming classes, right? Like for the little one, but you're either in the water or you're around the water if they're with an instructor instead. And, and you say, hey, like our kids seem to really enjoy this. If you want to go for a walk one day, let me know. I, I live maybe 10, 15 minutes from here. We can meet halfway. Like I know it's scary, but- Something that to me I think is scarier is staying stuck in a mental headspace that's starting to make you feel like you're drowning. And I know for certain that I think I would be really, really stuck between a rock and a hard place if I hadn't been leaning into the friends who want to be there for me and for me going out of my way to make sure I am nurturing those friendships. It's incredibly important and Again, incredibly challenging, but you know, motherhood is here to help us rise up to a new level we've never been to. I think the saying is really helpful here, which is if you want to go fast, go alone, but if you want to go far, go with others. Mm, That's sweet. Isn't it wonderful? I think about it a lot because oftentimes when I'm in an anxious headspace, and I do have a more anxious mentality than Jodine does for sure. I tend to retreat. I, I'm an ambivert by nature. That means I'm both extroverted and introverted, but my introverted side comes out so much more when I'm feeling really dark, really low, really flirting with um, some postpartum anxiety, postpartum blues, like more than that. Like I, I don't want to be around people. I want to be alone. And then I realize the difference in my energetic field, in my aura, in my vibration, in my language, in my self-talk the minute I've been around other people. But again, quality matters. So mm-hmm. like Jodine said, hang out with someone, see what the vibe feels like. If it's not it, hey, you dated, you tried. You dated that person and it's just something you got to learn from for more confidence as you go into the next one. That's all. You will attract the people that you need. It's interesting because you are married to someone that's not an anxious person and you found me who is also not an anxious person, right? Like, And my husband is the anxious person. So he found me who is not the anxious person. You will gravitate towards the person that you need in your life. So I think this is a really good place to wrap up. If you are feeling alone right now, go do something about it. Go find a new friendship. Go out of your comfort zone to find the things that you really need to make you not feel so alone in this motherhood journey because it is so scary and it's so hard. And if you have a really great friendship, don't let that dwindle in the background while you're so busy doing everything else. Make sure you nurture that. Make sure you add fuel to it. You need to keep those friendships close to you. Let us know in our DMs 
how you are going to prioritize your friendships. How has a friendship benefited you in motherhood? I would love to hear that response. And and we just wanted to throw in this episode. It doesn't really follow our timeline exactly, but we thought it was really important to prioritize us again and our friendship. And it's been almost a year since Amanda and I met and we just wanted to share with you. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this podcast. Catch us next Tuesday. This is Blame It On Mom Brain. Bye-bye. See ya. I swear. I know. <laughs> <sighs>